our state can be beautiful to drive across for at least two or three weeks of the year. Uh, but I don't think, I don't know how many corn stalks or grassy pastures you saw, John, driving to and from Moorhead. And because of you are who you are, you still said you had a good drive. I did, Jim. Yeah, it's good to be back with you this week. Yeah, I, I just got back from Moorhead. We're talking here Wednesday afternoon. I got back here hour and a half or so, you know, an overnight trip to Moorhead in February. That's right up my alley. You're right. I went up for, well, I'll talk about it a couple of reasons, but um, yeah, beautiful drive. You know, you know, I'm always looking at the weather and frequently I will postpone or cancel trips if the weather doesn't look good. I lucked out this time, um, drove up Tuesday afternoon and and uh, came back Wednesday afternoon and just had a great time. And, and it turned into a kind of a multifaceted trip. Um, the last time I was there was a couple of years ago for a football game as the, the fir- during the first year of COVID. And that fall, the voters had just approved, a, 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 you know, basically construction of nearly an entirely new Moorhead High School right next to where the current Moorhead High School is. Basically, if I'm understanding this right, they're going to build a new high school on an area that's been a big parking lot and then knock down much of the old high school. And then that will become a new parking lot. It's really quite an inventive deal. So I, I, I wanted to see that. There's a lot of uh, construction going on. It's going to be awesome when it's done. But the main reason I went up there is we've talked about this before. Every year I operate this John's Journal Sack Hunger campaign. It's in the fall, coincides with football season up through Thanksgiving. And the winning school this year was Moorhead. So I, we've been looking for a time to go up there to have a little celebration. And I had a 100 uh, orange and black Moorhead colors, sack hunger t-shirts in my car. And the occasion was, the main occasion was a boys basketball game in the Moorhead gym with the Bemidji Lumberjacks as the visiting team. That's nothing's other than a, than a uh, Rozo um war road hockey game this is about as up north as it gets bemidji and moorhead playing basketball but we had these hundred uh their orange t-shirts you can go to my twitter feed or the mshsl facebook page there's some photos they were a perfect match for the moorhead colors the spuds the basketball team wore them during warm-ups uh some went to fans and students a, a bunch are going to end up in the hands of the student council members who were in charge of the of the food campaign last fall so congrats to them for doing good things to help others. Uh, it was a really interesting Tuesday night. So there's a boys basketball game that started at six o'clock and the Moorhead ice arena is connected to the high school. So you walk down a hallway and you're, you leave the gym and, and you're in the ice arena while they had a seven o'clock girls hockey section semifinal. The spuds were hosting Rozo speaking of the Rams. So I, I stayed for the entire basketball game, did some interviews after then went down, uh, caught, the latter half of the second period of the hockey game and, and then the third period. And while I'm doing this, I, I kind of had this story in my head. Um, I didn't really know I was going to do it till I got up there and, and started doing some math, which is always dangerous for me. So on a Tuesday night at Moorhead high school, you had two visiting teams, one from Bemidji, one from Roseau. Those two teams, one on a charter bus, one on a school bus combined drove over 600 miles on this Tuesday night and combined to spend about five and a half hours on the road for, to play games on a Tuesday night. And, and it's people in the Metro here. We have no concept of what 
high school road games are like up there, especially for those big schools, you know, from Duluth East to Grand Rapids to Bemidji to Moorhead and others, and Rozo's a two-way hockey school, you know, to find schools of similar size, whether it's basketball or swimming or whatever it is, it's really hard because nobody is close, you know. And uh, I ended up, uh, I did spend the night in a hotel. And after I got back to the hotel, I just kind of like an old time sports writer, I pounded out a story on John's journal at mshsl.org about this. I talked to Steve Thompson, the Bemidji boys basketball coach. I talked to some of the Bemidji players. Um, Dean Haugo is the athletic director at uh, Moorhead. He was a good source for me. So, And at the basketball game, I had a great courtside seat next to my friend Joel Hoover. He's the play-by-play voice of the Bemidji Lumberjacks on KBUN radio up there. And I've known Joel a long time. He's a great, great young broadcaster. And he kind of asked me, hey, what brings you to town? And I was telling him about the, the sack hunger shirts. And I said, I've also got this story I'm thinking of doing about all the traveling. And he, he basically reached out and shook my hand because people up there, they, they know that nobody in the metro understands at all what they go through. Um, and here, here's a great example. Joel Hoover, radio guy, you know, he rides the bus with the team when possible for these long trips. That's just safer. And if there's room, he did that last night. He rode the bus from uh, Bemidji to Moorhead, about two and a half hours, which is about the average road trip for Bemidji teams, two and a half hours each way. Um, but last year, because of COVID, uh, he could not ride the bus. In fact, a lot of kids didn't ride buses. That was, that was kind of a danger zone enclosed in a bus in the winter. So Joel drove himself to games. He drove 12 and a half thousand miles last school year, going to Bemidji away road games. <laughs> Think of that 12 and a half thousand miles. And then someone in Moorhead was telling me about, about a recent grad who was a varsity athlete in multiple sports for five years. And that kid rode buses for 35,000 miles in those five years. Oh my God. Come on. I thought I put on a lot of miles. So, you know, and, and uh, Steve Thompson, the Bemidji coach, he, he was so grateful too. And when we talked about it, how people down here complain, if you, if somebody has to drive from Woodbury to, to Plymouth or from, you know, uh, Northfield to, to Blaine, you know, there's traffic up here, but you're not on the road for 180 miles each way. Um, so they would love it. You know, all those, all those Northern teams, they always make a lot of trips to the twin cities. It's a constant thing. And they would love it if more Metro schools would, would give their kids a chance to, to get on a bus and go up North. And, you know, hockey, hockey teams do that a lot, but still it's, it is, it's, I, the story, I just tried to shed a little light on what this is like, you know, what, how they, 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 how they feed themselves on the bus, hotels, how Moorhead gets great rates at some hotels in the Metro because they send kids down here so often. They get a good rate because they're, they're regular customers. So um, it's just really interesting. It's a story that I've had in the back of my head for a long time because every time I'm discussing, you know, what life is like for teams up north, that's always one of the first things they mention is, how much time they spend on buses and parents are in cars. But, but like Dean Haugo, the AD up there at Moorhead, he said, they look at it as an advantage. They know what they're doing. They're pros at this. They, they plan, they pack, 
they know how and, and when they're going to eat. They know where they're going to stop. It's a routine. So I, I really thought that was interesting. So that was a little encapsulation of my trip to Moorhead. Somebody brought me uh, pretzels and cheese. That was not a bad thing. Um, I posed for some pictures with the Spuds basketball team and their uh, Sack Hunger t-shirts all around. It was really, really excellent. And I uh, can't wait to get back to Moorhead. I was telling somebody, I think in about two years, the new school project will be done. So I, if I don't get back before then, I'm going to I'm gonna roll up there in a couple of years and, and see it. They're going to have a phenomenal gym. Um, it's just going to be fantastic. That, that building is just being put up now and uh, just going to be great. And that says so much about people in Moorhead. You know, they want to make that investment in their kids. And it's just great to see. Cool stuff. Um, it reminds me when I started covering the Twins in the early 90s, I missed the championship years, but I caught a lot of stories about the championship years and Herbeck and Kelly and Stelmazic and all those things. They all talk about riding the buses in the Southern League, the worst bus rides, longest bus rides in minor league baseball. And they really did think it helped them form bonds and build some character. Yeah, that's just what the Bemidji, couple of the Bemidji basketball players were telling me. They play video games, they play cards, they talk, they do homework, they sleep. It's just, and even the coaches, you know, this is, they're, they're, they're off the court. They got time together. They can chit chat about whatever they want, their families, their, you know, whatever their classes that are going on, whatever. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I, somebody told me, I didn't, I don't think I was aware of this, that the Roseau teams, they never get a charter bus. They're riding school buses. So that Roseau girls hockey team, on, on a school bus for six hours on a Tuesday. Are you kidding me? That's a, I just can't imagine that. No, uh, I'm too old for that now. I'm sure <laughs> oh. I could have handled it at a younger age. Yeah, He's John Millay. This is preps <laughs> David John Millay. This is our prep sports and activities show on talknorth.com. We appreciate you listening to talknorth.com. We do recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can subscribe to the show or the network as a whole. Uh, we've built up the network quite a bit. Uh, Brianne Burdett is our producer today. Our primary sponsor, longtime sponsor, is Pizza Barn, Pizza Barn in Princeton. We'll tell you more about them in a minute. Tell me about state tournaments now. Yeah, we are in the thick gym. As we speak right now, kids are shushing down the slopes up at Giants Ridge in Bawabic for today's the uh, state. Well, we got basically the Alpine and Nordic uh, state championships going on here over these uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And this is the big kickoff to six weeks of winter state tournaments. Uh, th this is the single busiest stretch on the high school sports calendar in Minnesota, just because we have so many winter sports. You know, every state has boys and girls basketball and, and most states have wrestling, but you know, we have hockey and skiing, two, two different kinds of skiing. We have boys swimming and gymnastics and dance. There's just so much going on here. So uh, this week, like I said, we've got uh, state Alpine, state Nordic, going on uh, at Giants Ridge just outside of Awabic. And then Friday and Saturday, we'll have two state tournaments, gymnastics at Roy Wilkins Auditorium Friday and Saturday, and those same days, state dance at Target Center. This is great to see some of these tournaments, if we remember a year ago. These were held at high schools, in high school gyms with limited crowds due to COVID. So it's just so great to be back in the big venues. Next week, we'll get over to the X for uh, girls hockey, Wednesday through Saturday. The seeds and brackets for that tournament, uh, they'll be announced Saturday, so keep a Twitter eye on at MSHSLJohn. I'll tweet those out when we have them. And, and a reminder, tickets are online only. Uh, you can find that info on the MSHSL Facebook page, my Twitter feed. 
MSHSL.org. It's easy. I've done it. You can do it. You do it on your phone. You can do it on your computer and print your tickets. Uh, That'll get you through the door. We're going to get to theater results. We're going to take a little virtual trip to New Prague. We're going to get to our most valuable teammate. But first, let's hear more about Pizza Barn in Princeton. Yeah, always, always great things going on up there, Jim. Um, I'm not certain. I may be there. I may be going through Princeton, maybe to Princeton. Uh, before too long, I may, I may do a pop in at the Pizza Barn. I'll have to talk to Jody up there, but they've got that great menu with everything you'd want for lunch, for dinner, in person dining, take and bake delivery. They cater. We can't forget the famous Pizza Barn food truck. And if anybody's got events planned for the spring, for the summer, beyond, get a hold of the Pizza Barn about catering. They'll take great care of you, pizzabarnprinceton.com. It's a family-owned business for nearly 40 years, thanks to Jody Stay, the whole crew up there. It's a fantastic asset for the community of Princeton and, and, and beyond. And we are just thrilled to have them as our partner on this podcast. And with uh, cases dropping the way they are, and hopefully weather going to be getting warm here soon, I think we will be visiting together uh, to see Jody stay and do a show up at Pizza Barn. We'll try to get that going in the next month or two here. Uh, Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us about theater results. Theater. I'm a theater critic all of a sudden. Sorry, I'm not a critic, but I did attend theater last week. This was the uh, high school league one-act play state festival two days last week at O'Shaughnessy Auditorium at St. Catherine University in St. Paul. The way this works is it's like any other state tournament. There's eight sections in the state. There's two classes in one-act play, so 16 schools advanced to state half from class A, half from double A, and over two days, uh, the double A's were the first day, class A the second day, and there's a panel of judges. They sit in the audience with with clipboards and a little lights and their pens, and they make notes and decide uh, which groups receive the highest honors of one-act play, which we call starred performances. So this year, those schools were Dilworth, Glendon, Felton, Belle Plaine, and Sauk Center in class A and starred performances in double-A, went to Alexandria, Lakeville South, and Cambridge Isanti. And I sat out there and watched a whole bunch of these plays, Jim. It's phenomenal what these kids do. These are, these are professional-grade performances. It's a one-act play. They're like 25 minutes apiece. The costumes, the sets, it's, it's just really something to see. That's so cool. I love theater. I love theater at all levels. And I'm, I'm always stunned when I go see a high school theater production at the voices and the composure. I mean, it's phenomenal. That's it. That's it. And I will say my single favorite moment of the one act play season was, I think we might've talked about this a couple weeks ago. I was in St. Peter for a wrestling triangular, but the one act play kids were rehearsing the next morning. They were going to do go to the subsection competition in Jordan, I believe. So they had loaded their truck. They were ready to go the next morning, but first they, they, maintained a one-act play St. Peter tradition. They carbo-loaded. They ate macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no, the theater kids carbo-loaded, and I've got the pictures to prove it. It was unbelievably neat. Got to keep up your endurance. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's why I carbo-load. Yeah, I, I had macaroni and cheese for lunch because right? I like it. I don't know about carbo-loading. I like it. It sounds better if you had to apply a scientific principle to your carbo-loading. Yeah, I guess. That's what I, I find. guess. <laughs> Hey, uh, we do appreciate everybody listening to TalkNorth.com. We have a great sports lineup. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, Cheryl Reeve, 
Lavelle Neal third, Roy Smalley, John Millay, John Krasinski, Jeff Diamond, the Bar Down Beauties, on the bench was a Canadian hockey humor duo. It's very popular in Canada. Mike Rim's new show, uh, Go Go for Podcast, about the obvious, and tons of good outdoor content, including destination players to flush, etc. Thanks for listening. You can always go to talknorth.com to find all the shows and the archives of this show. And you can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see uh, live show dates and the releases of the shows as they come out. Thanks to everyone who listens. We do appreciate it. Let's get to New Prague now. Yeah, I, I talked previously in the last couple of weeks about a trip I went. I took to New Prague for a hockey game, and it was designated as shut out the stigma night when, when they really stressed the importance of mental health and suicide prevention. Really an awesome event. I, I posted the story on John's Journal. Uh, actually, on Sunday, a couple hours before the Super Bowl, I tried to squeeze it in that window before everybody got uh, got drawn away by the game. And the response has really been great, Jim. And I'm not surprised. You know, we know what's important to run people in, in, in the high school world. We know what's important. So great response to that story. Thanks again to folks with the Duck Cup Memorial Group in New Prague for all the great things they do, and especially for young people and everybody in New Prague for setting a really powerful example for others. Uh, we got some milestones here, some kudos. Uh, uh, Chris Fadness, uh, a guy I know, he's the boys basketball coach in Austin, just a phenomenal guy, phenomenal coach, recorded his 400th career victory. And at Moundsview, uh, Dan Ingebretson is a longtime, really successful wrestling coach there. He got his 300th career victory. And we're going to have one one track note here. Last weekend at an indoor meet, uh, Shane Strike is a graduate of Waseca High School, was a track athlete at the University of Minnesota. He broke the American record in the 1,000 meters, and that's not uh, an event we know a lot about. It's it was an in, I think it was an indoor meet. Uh, he was a great high school runner, and now he's a professional runner. You know, and I don't I don't have a count of how many former Minnesota high school runners are now professional runners, but you go to, you know, Ben Blankenship, an Olympian, there's, mm-hmm. there's just tons of them, you know, and, uh, and uh, it's just amazing. And when we get closer to the spring here, I may have to to do a deep dive and, and come up with a list, but people think of hockey players. You think of, you know, Jesse Diggins, you think of Nordic skiers and things like that, and certainly basketball players, but this state produces tons of outstanding runners. Yeah, going back to Carrie Tolleson. Carrie, yeah, she kind of was was one of the first ones. Well, maybe maybe Odell Beckham Jr.'s mom was the yeah, first. Yeah, she one. was she was spectacular. <laughs> she was no good. doubt about that. Yes, <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, should we get to the most valuable teammate? Yeah, we can wrap it up with the most valuable teammate. This week's honor goes to Abby Cans, a senior basketball player at Lewiston Altura. I have been to Lewiston Altura, and I'm going to go back as soon as I can. Uh, Despite spending the majority of her time on the bench, Abby is an unbelievably supportive and encouraging teammate. Her voice can be heard in every game, backing her teammates, offering inspiration for everyone. She's an incredible example for everyone in the gym. She's a true example of a most valuable teammate. Congrats to Abby of Lewiston Altura. Thanks also to Pizza Barn in Princeton for their long-term support. And thanks again to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Do you have a final thought for us, John? Yeah, you know, Jim, um, it's just been so sad lately with the, what's, what's going on. You know, Jamari Rice at Richfield, mm-hmm. who was murdered in front of his school. Deshaun Hill at Minneapolis North, shot on the street waiting for a bus. I mean, this is, and to see these 
every one of these, and there's been so many, it's tragic, but to see these school communities affected, it just breaks your heart to see these kids who are good kids, you know, smart kids doing things the right way to have their lives. in. it's just, and I, I, I'm not going to say anything that is going to change anything or make anybody feel better, but boy, you, you sure, everybody hurts when this happens. And it's just, I was thinking about that during the Super Bowl. you know, we're sitting there, we're all watching the Super Bowl, We're chuckling at the commercials and, and there's two kids who would have been doing that with their friends on Sunday and they're not with us anymore. And that's kind of a, a downer of a way to end our, our usually uh, optimistic podcast, but uh, it's, it's, it's just struck me. Those two kids just days apart. It's uh and again, I don't have any answers, but it's just terribly sad. It's tragic. And uh, to get into the possible answers, we'd be talking for hours. So we're not we're not going to do that in this forum right here, right now. But uh, we're both people who think about these things. Maybe we'll, we'll have a conversation at some point. Uh, but it is tragic. And my heart does go out to the to the, the families of those kids, the friends of those kids, those those schools. Uh, you know, this people at that age should not have to even much less, not should they, not only should they not have to have that result, they shouldn't even have to think about it. Oh, it shouldn't be in, in their minds. It shouldn't, it sh- they should be doing what every teenager should be doing, enjoying life, having fun, looking to the future. Yeah, it's, it's, it's your tragic is the word. It is. Uh, thank you to John for all the good work. Thanks again to Brian. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>